Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak podcast. I am Nikki Ivey, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey guys, welcome to the Dog Speak podcast. This episode, we're going to talk about walking manners as well as the proper use of leashes and the different type of tools that people use for walking manners. Um, so this is a very important topic for me because I really feel like that so many people struggle with their dog on a leash. And, you know, when the dog doesn't do well on a leash, people don't take them for walks. They don't take them on adventures, they don't take them in public, um, and also people don't know how to use the leash, and so they get frustrated, the dog gets frustrated, and it's really uh, not a fun time for anyone, and so I want you to enjoy your dog, um, whether it's on a leash or not on a leash, and so I want to give you some tools and some ideas on how to work with your dog when it comes to leash manners. Now, I do have a leash manners course on udemy.com you can just go on there and search for my name and you can find the courses that we have i do need to redo that course because we've added a few things in that tend to make walking a little bit easier so let's talk about the leash itself what is the purpose of a leash uh, the purpose of a leash so many times people just think it's to walk a dog but here's the thing your dog has been walking since he was about three weeks old. Uh, he has no problem walking. He walks all the time. He walks on a regular basis. Most of the time, he probably walks in a straight line. The problem is, is that when he's attached to you, things go a little haywire. And I'm just guessing that you probably walk okay by yourself as well. Uh, but yet, when you get attached to the dog, you two are just not connected. 
think about that leash as it being um, the rope that would tie you and another person's ankle together as if you guys were in a three-legged race. When you're in a three-legged race, you have to communicate. You have to communicate with each other in order to be successful and to uh, do this adventure together. Well, that leash is the same thing. If you're only trying to communicate to your dog using the leash, you're going to be in some trouble. This is why you have to teach you to verbally communicate with your dog in order to teach your dog the appropriate behavior when walking on a leash. And so leashes, first of all, leashes are not a correction tool. In other words, you should never correct your dog popping, pulling, yanking, or jerking on the leash. Okay, we're going to talk about gentle guidance, but you should not be jerking, pulling, tugging, um, and doing any type of leash pops with that leash. That is not appropriate behavior with the leash. Oftentimes the timing is off and you can easily create negative associations while on the leash and whatever else is in that environment. So first of all, it is not a correction tool. Um, it's also not a walking tool. Like I said, the dog knows how to walk just fine. It's just being attached to you that seems to be the issue. So what is the leash? It is a connector. It connects you and the dog together to work as a team. So again, we're going back to the three-legged race. So that leash is only to be used to connect you to. It's used also to limit your dog's options in order to help your dog be successful. In other words, if the dog is on a leash, it can try to chase a rabbit, but it has no success chasing a rabbit. So it becomes a tool for limiting options and it can also help, obviously, with the walking to teach walking manners. So the leash is something that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into more in a minute as how to use it properly for a tool. But what's that leash attached to? Well, we want the leash to be attached to um, the least amount of objects, the least amount of other tools, and we want to be able to use the least amount of tools. So I personally think that a leash should be attached to a collar and only a collar. So I use basically a flat collar, which is your dog's regular quick snap or buckle collar. Or if I have a dog who tends to slip out of their collar, um, I'll use a martingale. And the martingale is a collar that is a no-slip collar, also known as the greyhound collar because it was originally made for greyhounds because their necks are so um, slender with their head being slender as well. They can easily slip out regular collars so they made greyhound collars which dogs cannot slip out of. It basically tightens up if they try to back out and it's really great to use for safety especially if you have dogs that are a little more fearful or nervous but you can also use it and fit it properly for strength to give yourself more strength and to prevent your dog from choking so hard he injures himself. Those are the only two tools that I really like to use. Now there are obviously other tools out there. Uh, the gentle leader head collar um, or a halty. Those are some common tools that have been used in the past. I've used them in the past. Basically those are like a horse halter that goes around the dog's muzzle and behind the ears. It is not a muzzle. 
The dog can still open his mouth and do all the things he needs to do, but it controls the dog's head without choking. This can be a great tool. I've just seen a lot of dogs that fight it. Uh, owners don't take the time to acclimate it appropriately. Um, plus, I think that it should only be used to teach walking, not as a band-aid just so you can take your dog out. The other thing that a lot of people are using are harnesses. Now, there are several different types of harnesses. You have the harnesses that hook um, on the back, and then you have the front hooking harnesses. The front hooking harnesses are made to prevent the dog from pulling too hard. The dog can still pull. Uh, the idea is that it would bring the chest back towards the handler, but I don't find that they work that great. Yes, it can prevent a dog from pulling um, someone down and pulling someone over, but I don't think it gives the dog an opportunity to try different behavior. It prevents the dog from pulling so much to a sense that it can't really learn if pulling works or not. I've seen a lot of dogs on front harnesses, they do okay, but then you put them on a regular collar and they have no idea what they're doing. And if that's the case, then we're using it incorrectly. So if I have a dog, especially, you know, a young dog, I'm going to start them immediately just on a regular flat collar. I don't need to add any tools in there if I don't need to. If I have a dog that is um, maybe under 20, 25 pounds, I probably don't need to use anything but a regular flat collar. Maybe the martingale collar, if the dog is fearful, has a weird head, and likes to back out of things, or if someone does need a little extra strength. So those are the couple of the, of the tools. And, of course, there's your correction collars, your choke chains, your prong collars. Of course, I do not recommend those. If you've listened to any of my podcasts, you know that we are not uh, for those type of tools as they can cause serious harm physically and emotionally, uh, and people just don't know how to use them correctly. Uh, probably 95% of the people I see that have their dogs on a correction collar, like a choke chain or a prong collar, don't even have it fitted properly. Therefore, there's a higher chance of them collapsing their dog's trachea than if the dog was just pulling on a regular flat collar. So, with that being said, my recommendation is a flat collar, which is just a regular buckle or quick snout, or you can use a martingale collar. And I like the martingale collars that are all cloth. They have some that will buckle um, with a quick snout, or they just slide over the head. Uh, PetSafe sells them on a regular basis, and they do have good quality. So you can check them out. So if you don't have to use any extra tools, don't because the more tools that we use, the more steps we are away from teaching the dog real life manners of walking and response, whether it's attached to a leash or not. So we use our leashes to teach dogs to respond to us in all situations. We use leashes to teach dogs how to walk with us nicely, whether they're attached to the leash or not. So making sure that you don't keep adding things if you don't need to, and especially those tools of the harness or the gentle leader, because at that point, what happens is people are like, this harness is great. My dog doesn't pull me. We can go for a nice walk. Well, that's great, but you'll never have off-leash control of your dog if you depend on those tools. And 
promise you, you will enjoy your dog so much more if you know that you can take that dog anywhere and trust it to be responsive to you. Regardless if there's a leash attached, whether the dog has a collar on or it's running around naked, if it's in its backyard or at the dog park or it gets loose out in front of the veterinarian's office, you need to make sure that you teach your dog those vocal commands so that they know what's expected of them. All right, so the leash, let's talk about the leash. You want to use a regular leash that just uh, is an easy clip-on leash. You do not want to use retractable leashes. Retractable leashes are very dangerous. They're dangerous to the person holding on them. They're dangerous to the dog, and they're dangerous to people around. A lot of the retractable leashes will can go up to 26 feet, and literally there have been dogs that have run into the road on a retractable leash, but because the owners did not have the time, coordination, or ability to stop the leash, the dog got hit by a car. And, you know, that should have never even happened. If you can't control your dog from three feet, then you're not going to control your dog from 26 feet or 10 feet. And if you don't have any verbal commands and you're just depending on your thumb to lock this leash up, then you're going to be in trouble. And sometimes they malfunction. Sometimes they break. They get wrapped around people. I've seen the handle of the retractable leash get yanked out of someone's hand. Then what happens is it starts bouncing uh, behind the dog, freaks the dog out. The dog starts running because it's scared. And now we have a negative association across the board. Not to mention how many times people have grabbed the thin cord that is the leash uh, when the dog is pulling and they end up getting rope burns, cuts, tears, uh, and they get scarred. Uh, it can also get wrapped around other people's legs. So they're just really bad ideas. And we really need to try to stay away from them. Um, I shouldn't even have to mention that they teach a dog to pull. They just learn to just keep pulling until they feel the pressure on their neck. And then they know they can't go any farther. That's not teaching a dog how to walk. I know that you want to give your dog the ability to sniff and and enjoy his walk and that's what I'm trying to teach you using a regular leash. So your regular leash is just a nice simple flat leash. Um, you can do a leather leash or a cotton lead. Uh, you can even do some nylon leads. I like the ones that are as simple as possible. Uh, it doesn't need to have any extra handles. It doesn't need to have a bunch of uh, tools to it. It just needs to be a very simple leash uh, anywhere from two to three foot up to maybe six, um, depending on your height and depending on the height of your dog. If you're not coordinated or if you've got some really bad habits with the leash, then you're going to want a shorter leash. And there is a handle at the end of the leash and that handle is where your hand goes. And that should be the only place your hand goes. In other words, your hand should not wrap the leash around. It also should not be running down the leash towards the dog grabbing that portion of it. If you're having to do that, then you're not controlling your dog uh, correctly. So a simple leash with just the handle. And I really recommend that you want to hold the leash by the handle with uh, the least amount of energy or strength. The more relaxed you are, the better. And definitely keep it off of your wrist. Because on your wrist, one, you can't control it, and you tend to grab that leash in separate areas. 
and start tugging and pulling on your dog. Now, as I've talked about earlier, that leash is nothing but a connector between you and the dog. Therefore, you do not want to use the leash to pull your dog around, um, you know, back and forth or allowing the dog to pull away from you so you have to pull him back. Yes, we are going to have some gentle guidance where the dog will be pulled gently by the leash, but you're going to be using your body to do this so it's a smoother, more confident movement than you standing stationary and jerking on the leash. One of the best habits to get into is hold the leash by the handle and stick your thumb in your pocket or grab your pants leg with the handle or the hand that's holding the handle. That way you're going to keep that leash as a connector to your body and not extend it out. When your leash hand extends from your body, now you have to depend on the strength of your arm. And I don't know a whole lot of people that are super strong in their arm. So what you want to do is keep that leash hand attached to your body to where it's more stationary. Then you're using the strength of your body as a whole and you're going to be so much stronger. So that's a habit to get into. Now with the leash, we are going to basically communicate to the dog what our commands mean. The leash itself is not a command. It again is just a connector. So we want to communicate to our dog what we're doing, where we're going, and, and how you want them to do it. We really encourage people to start out teaching their dog a relaxed walk that um, basically has three rules. The rules are don't trip me, don't pull my arm out of the socket, and keep up. Those are the simple rules. I don't mind if they change sides right now. I don't mind if they're in front of me. I don't mind if they're off to the side or behind me as long as they're keeping up. So right now you want to make it very clear that it's a relaxed walk and don't jump straight into a heel command. It's very rare that people truly need a dog to walk right next to them. And when they do, it's usually for 20 seconds or less because they're trying to pass something or get by something, maybe a tight fit. So you really don't need the dog to walk right next to you. That's really not enjoyable for many people. You can simply teach your dog to walk with you, but not necessarily up against you. So our default way of walking is just a very relaxed walk. They're welcome to change sides. Therefore, when they change sides, I will actually change leash hands so that it's comfortable. Another reason why you don't want the leash on your wrist. Now, we use two simple commands whenever we are walking. This doesn't matter if we have a leash or no leash. Our walking commands are, let's go, which means we're on the move. We are leaving this area and we're doing it together as a team. And then the other command we use is this way, which means we are changing directions or you're not going in the right direction, so I need you to come back in my direction. So let's go in this way. Those are the only two commands we are using right now. I don't want you using things like come on because most of the time people are using come for their come command. Now if you're going to use here for your come command, then feel free to use come on or find whatever words work for you. You need to find something that's very natural and easy for you to remember and easy for you to use. So just make sure that you're very clear in your expectations. Let's go 
We're on the move together as a team, three-legged race, and this way, come back in my direction. So when I start out with dogs, I will a lot of times start out stationary, where I'm just standing there with the leash, teaching the dog that being around me while the leash is attached can earn a lot of rewards. I, I need to be very exciting, so you're going to use a lot of yummy rewards for this. Once I start the movement or I need to get my dog's attention, I need to get them tuned in to me, I'll do an exercise that we call squirrel. And squirrel basically means that you're going to change direction every step to step and a half very quickly. The way this looks is I start out doing let's go and we start moving and within a couple of steps I'm saying this way and changing direction. Without a, with maybe one or two steps, I say this way, change direction. And I do that for about 20 to 30 seconds in a very small area, maybe only three or four foot diameter circle. And what this does is it makes the dog start to tune in and focus more on me as the driver and not just me following the dog. So the squirrel is a great exercise just to get the dog tuned in. And it's just tuned in with, you know, between the ears. And, and I don't need my dog to, to stare at me. I just need the dog to tune in between the ears so it can hear the words I'm asking. At the same time, I'm teaching the dog what behavior I expect when I say those two words. And here's the thing. You can also start this in your home without a leash attached. You can simply just look at the dog and say, let's go. The dog's probably going to take a couple steps towards you, and you can praise and reward right there. Walk a few steps, turn to the right, say this way, and reward the dog. Because the dog's going to follow you listening. you got food, you got treats. You're not using it as a lure or bribing, but rewarding the dog for the right behavior. So once I get the squirrel and I get the dog tuned in, and again, this is maybe a 20 to 30 second exercise, I can then start my regular walk. And when you're doing your regular walk, I don't want you planning on going from point A to point B. If your dog does not know how to walk, you're not going to get around the block right now. You're not going to walk the neighborhood. You're not going to go to the greenway and walk the two to three miles. You need to focus on a small area, maybe just in front of your house, maybe in your front yard, maybe even in your backyard, to where you just work with the dog walking with you and focusing on the things that you're asking the dog to do. So when you start out, give your dog commands, change direction on a regular basis, even if the dog's not pulling, just to keep the dog tuned in. However, if the dog is pulling, you are going to change direction immediately. Now, if your dog is pulling ahead of you, you have three other directions you can change direction to. You don't have to immediately turn around and go the opposite direction. So you can easily turn to the right or turn to the left. You just want to make sure you say this way before you change direction. Okay, now, again, your dog is learning, so there's going to be a gentle guidance with that. So the dog will be pulled a little, but typically when you're going to the side, you're going to be pulling the collar from the side and not so much on the throat itself. So you can do this in a slow fashion. You don't have to be a speed walker. Just slow down and just walk with the dog and start rewarding and praising the dog for walking nicely. Don't try to walk 28 steps before you treat the dog. If the dog walks with me two steps, I'm telling the dog how good they are and I'm treating them. Okay, so don't just depend on the leash to 
force your dog to walk with you, teach them how to walk with you, reward them on a regular basis using those treats. So basically when you start teaching your dog how to walk nicely, you're not really going to change your scenery. You're going to stay in a small area. But the good news is that during this walk, you're getting still some physical exercise, but more importantly, you're giving your dog some mental stimulation because he has to stay tuned in to you. Think about walking with a friend. Um, you know, if you walk with a friend and they talk the whole time and you're talking and you're conversing and you have to stay tuned in, that walk is going to be much more mentally exhausting than if you were just out walking by yourself because it's very easy to tune out and just be quiet and enjoy yourself when you're walking by yourself. But when you're with someone, you have to stay tuned in so that it's mentally exhausting. And that's what your dog needs to do is to stay tuned in. But here's the thing. You have to stay tuned in to your dog. It's so easy for humans to just start walking and trying to get from point A to point B and their mind starts to wander and they start thinking, oh, I should have done this before I left the house. Well, I got to do this when I get back. What am I going to make for dinner? Oh, did I bring enough poop bags? I mean, you know, it's so easy for us to tune out and forget that we're actually walking with our dog. We're not just attached to them. And the same thing with the dog. So it's a lot of change of direction to start with just to get your dog tuned in. Once your dog starts to understand what you want, you'll find that you can start to change your scenery a little bit more because the dog is understanding your expectation. Because setting that expectation is crucial. Now, once you've done that a little bit, feel free to get in your backyard or get somewhere safe where the dog is safely enclosed and start doing a little bit of this walking. Ask your dog, let's go. And start rewarding the dog for walking with you. And then give a this way and change direction just to teach your dog that these words work no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter if there's a leash attached or not. If I get up to go to another room and I want my dog to go with me, I tell them, let's go. You know, I don't just use a leash to drag them in the direction that I'm going. So verbal communication is super important and you just need to find the right words to communicate to your dog what it is that you want anytime that you want him or her to walk with you and go somewhere with you. And when you have this, it makes a huge difference. And you know, even if you're at the dog park and you need to get your dog moved maybe to another part of the park, let's go is a great command for that. Because most people don't have a really good recall, which is the come command. So they use, you can use the let's go in this way to help get the dog away from an area. And of course, I encourage you to teach the come and uh, the recall, um, that's very important and you need to have it, especially if you are going to have your dog off leash. And we will be discussing that in another podcast. But, you know, this this leash, if you can just get your dog used to walking with you regardless of the attachment and understanding what your expectations are, it can change your world. If you're dependent on that leash or you're dependent on tools, then you are farther away from getting off-leash control. And I had someone ask me once, well, when would I use off-leash control? Well, anytime the dog's not on a leash. So your dog is not on a leash 90% of its life for most dogs. Now, frankly, with, you know, 
But with dogs that get out and are social, they're probably, you know, on leash 20, 30% of the time. But yeah, your dog is off leash on a regular basis. It doesn't mean that your expectations should change. Your expectations should stay the same regardless of the attachment, regardless of what the dog is wearing. Um, and you need to make sure you set those expectations clearly and reward the dog and not punish the dog for not understanding what you want or by reading your mind. When we teach walking this way, we actually can allow the dog to enjoy his walk more. He can sniff. He can, uh, you know, mark mailboxes if he wants to, as long as he's not pulling you, not tripping you, and he's keeping up. It really does make it for a much more enjoyable walk, and it makes it a lot easier if you want to go with a longer leash once the dog learns, it's a lot easier. I will often go from a four to six foot leash to a 30 foot leash to allow a little bit more uh, adventure on walks if I'm somewhere where I need to have a leash. If I'm, you know, out somewhere else in the woods or whatever and I don't need a leash, then great because I have commands. And we do have a video of how this is used in the real world. If you want to look on the website at dogspeak101.com um, and look for um, the videos on there and it's where I take my Rottweiler out into the wilderness and show you how to use these commands in the real world. It doesn't show you how to teach them. Those are, uh, there are some videos on there for that. But it, just to show you that you can really have so much more enjoyment with your dog when you teach the appropriate words. And we spend a lot of time in our level one classes teaching people how to use the leashes properly. And when we go back to those leash manners, the biggest issues I see are people pulling on the leash, letting their dog move away from them and moving their arm away from them and then pulling them back. And so it becomes a tug of war. I see people running their second hand down the lead to pull the dog back to them. Um, I see people yanking on the leash. And sometimes we'll put waist leashes on people so they, they don't have the hands to pull and yank that they have to depend more on those verbal commands. So, you know, if you're standing still somewhere and your dog is trying to pull over to sniff a leaf, if your hand is stationary, you just have to stand there. Your dog will eventually realize that pulling isn't getting him anywhere and he'll stop and try something else. If you don't mind him sniffing the leaf, then just wait until he's done pulling, give him permission and go let him sniff. But do not let him pull you over there. Same if, if you are walking your dog towards the water bowl and he starts pulling towards the water bowl. If you allow him to pull you to the water bowl without permission, you're teaching him to pull. Just because he wants water, that's no different than wanting to chase the rabbit. Just because the water is something that he needs health-wise, in his mind, pulling got what he wanted. So why wouldn't it work for the rabbit or towards the other dog? So you don't want to allow your dog to pull you anywhere unless you give them permission. If I'm giving my dog permission to go to the water bowl and I'm attached to the leash, when I'm three or four feet away, if the dog is walking nicely, I tell them, okay, and then I might jog with them over to the water bowl. It's about giving that permission because anytime that pulling on that leash, that pressure on that neck gets them a reward, then they're learning that, that pulling gets what they want. 
So speaking of pressure on that neck, make sure that when you are changing direction or you're using your command for let's go, which is, you know, let's go, make sure you say it before you do it. You want to give your dog every opportunity to respond without the pressure on the collar. And this is mostly for your this way. So if I'm walking, if I know I'm about to change direction, I'm going to say this way and then change direction. Now, if my dog starts to pull, obviously he's already feeling pressure. I'm giving this way and I'm going. When you are changing direction, you don't want to say this way and then stop and wait on your dog. You want to just go as if you guys are attached by a metal pole. That's basically what that leash is, is a metal pole. Your hand is on one side next to your body stationary and the other is hooked to the dog. It's a metal pole. You just turn and go and allow your dog to learn what it is that you want by gently guiding him. Lots of reward, lots of praise. Usually uh, the first little bit when I'm walking with dogs, when they're um, new to leash walking or just walking commands, I am nonstop talking to them. I'm either saying good puppy, good boy or good girl, this way, and that's it. I mean, truly, those, that's, I've already said let's go if I'm already moving. So I've already said let's go. So the only other thing to come out is a lot of verbal praise. I'm giving treats while the dog's being good. And then I might be using this way. Other than that, you know, I don't need to throw in 5,000 other commands. But I do need to talk to the dog and I need to reward the dog on a regular basis. And let the dog know that every step they take with me where no one's being pulled is a positive thing and I'm going to communicate that to them. And if you can do that, then you can have a dog who can walk nicely with you. And you don't have to be dependent upon the leash. It may be there for safety purposes or because the law says so. But you're not being dependent. And when you're not dependent, then you can feel safe knowing that if the leash did drop out of your hand or you need to drop the leash so you could pick up poop with two hands that you can still verbally control your dog and that you can also verbally control your dog in the dog park or at a friend's house, whatever the case may be. So I really encourage you guys to get out and practice and check out our videos. And I, I know this is, it's hard because what I'm talking is more visual, but maybe if you get a chance just to listen to some of these things and really get them into your head, then when you go to watch the videos and start practicing it, they'll be a little more natural. You don't have to think too hard about it. Uh, but, you know, I really encourage you to teach your dogs walking manners. Not just leash walking, not loose lead walking, just walking with you as a team. Um, and that starts with you using the leash properly using your words and verbals, and setting your expectations and teaching your dog. And if your dog doesn't know how to walk yet, or is not very good at it, stop trying to take him for long walks. Start small, start with just a small area, and then increase it from there. If you just will practice, and not just practice when you're trying to get somewhere, but actually practice, then you can have a dog where you know for the next 10 years you can take anywhere and it can enjoy being in public with you and going to craft fairs and, and events and, and those type things because it knows how to behave on a leash attached to you. So get out and practice. If you have questions, you know where to find me. Um, otherwise, get to work conditioning your verbal marker. You've got to have that. 
and finding the right leash and using the least amount of tools that you need. Um, but get out and practice and, and start it in your yard, start in your living room. I don't care where you start it, but start it. 